go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are live at the Promise Center. Uh, my name is Dan Sherrill, and tonight we're speaking out of the Book of Romans. Um, thank you guys for having me. Uh, I'd like to say a special thank you to my um, Moabite-like wife, um, Mackenzie, a.k.a. a beautiful wife, Mackenzie. Um, just a shout out. Um, anyways, guys, uh, we've been going through the book of Romans and tonight, um, last week we did chapter, <laughs> listen up. Thank you. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Last week we went through chapter 11 and this week we're going through chapter 12. Um, totally kidding. I was just seeing if anyone was paying attention. We're on 13 tonight. Last week we did 12. Um, <laughs> you guys failed the test. Um, but if you would, turn to Romans chapter 13, and uh, we'll read through it one time, and then we'll pray and thank the Lord for being present tonight, because we're two or three gathered in His name, He is there also, and, um, and He loves us, and He's amazing. So, with that being said, chapter 13 in the book of Romans, it says this, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. What? Um, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, a key word, therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes. Can we get a hallelujah for the taxes? Um, for the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, and respect to whom respect is owed, and finally honor to whom honor is owed. And finishing up with the last seven verses. Um, owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves each other or loves another has fulfilled the law. Um, for the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, and you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. All right, let's pray real quick, guys. Um, thank you, Jesus, for your perfect word. Um, dear Lord, just bless this time we get to spend together. Lord, um, Holy Spirit, just speak to everybody's hearts here. Um, 
God, we just thank you in advance for um, for your word and for tonight and what you're going to be doing in all of our hearts. So, Lord, um, we commit it to you and let us honor and uh, give you glory tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 So, guys, tonight um, I broke up this chapter in three different sections. I get to go through the whole chapter. Um, and we're going to kind of go through it verse by verse and then apply some things to our lives. And um, I, I was just reading it and I was like, God, what are you trying to say through all this? You know, is there a deeper meaning? And God was just like, no, Dan, uh, you need to submit to government authorities. <laughs> and, and so um, we're just going to break it down and we're going to look at it and we're going to love it and we're going to honor it and we're going to put it into action the, for the remainder of the week and in the rest of our lives, really. And so, with that being said, um, the three parts are verses 1 through 7. Um, I use the word submission. Verses 8 through 10 is slimpification. Um, I'm going to say that again. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. Simplification. Um, <laughs> my bad. My bad. My bad. Sorry. Sorry. I'm getting used to this whole public speaking thing. Um <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, but simplification. I thought the correct word was simplication, um, but that didn't make sense on Google. So I used the word simplification, which was the right one. Um, feel free to laugh at me or with me. Um, but verses, so 8 through 10 is simplification. And then verses 11 through 14 is some inspiration. And so submission, simplification. <laughs> Simplification. Um, simplification and inspiration. And so we'll look at verses 1 through 7 first. Um, let's go through it real quick. Um, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. Um, so should we be subject to the governing authorities? Yes. Without a doubt. Um, what does that mean? Um, it means... Oh, what's up, Liz? Good to see you. Um, for those of you listening online, Alyssa has walked in the room. Um, so anyways, um, Liz, where we're at right now is we're going through chapter 13 in Romans and you missed an epic introduction and just an awesome prayer and the Lord's going to bless tonight. So, um, so here we go. Uh, we're starting in verses one through seven on submission to government authorities. All right, sweet. Um, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. Um, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. So God's word says means what it says and says what it means. Um, all authority has been given from God um, that exists, and it's been instituted by God. Um, we can't argue with scripture. We can't um, work around those things. God is in control. God is sovereign, right? He's in control. That means he's all in control and he's put up institutions of government and um and he's in control of them and so um we'll keep we'll keep going and then we'll start diving into the so so what now um so therefore so because god has put in these authorities and he is really the one who's in authority of those who are in authority and controlling all that um therefore if you resist these authorities that god has appointed um those who resist will incur judgment. Um, 
simply what that is saying, guys. Um, and it, he kind of resets it up a little bit farther. But um, you're going to pay the price if you don't abide by the rules that the government has given. Um, the rules are there for a reason. Um, most rules are so that um, bad people, you know, per se, whatever, sinful people, all of us, don't just get away with doing the wrong things. Um, uh, you just go a little bit further and it says, um, then do what is good. Just do what is good and you will receive his approval uh, for he is God's servant for your good. He is God's servant for your good. He's God's servant for my good. Um, the one who is you know, doing the laws, the president, um, those who are in authority, um, the police officers, um, they're doing what they're doing for our good. And um, you just keep going and it just talks about the reality of things. If you're doing wrong, um, you should be afraid. There's people in this world. Um, and I kind of used to be one of these people who would constantly kind of be afraid because I was breaking the laws. Um, there's people out there that like go to bed every night because they know that they are working the system and they are doing illegal things that have been set up that they, you know, so people wouldn't do those things. They're breaking laws and they're fearful. Um, and rightfully so, because even God's word says that if you do wrong, you should be afraid for he does not bear the sword in vain. Um, Listen to the epic words for he does not for for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Um, Who knows? God is a just God. God is a total just God. Um, He doesn't approve of evil. He doesn't approve of the things that are bad, that are corrupted, that seek harm on other people, that lead people down the wide and the dark path. Um, it's very clear that God's judgment will be laid upon those people. Amen? Yeah. And um, that just inspires us. We should live in such a way right. that um, right. Right. if a cop were to knock on our door, um, you know, I'm sure none of us here would be like, oh, God, a cop's here. Oh, God, what do we do? What do we do? Um, one time, um, and this is kind of a, um, an example from my life, um, but this is an example that many people live in. And these are the kind of people that we get to call out of darkness. Um, I know just to honor Matt, Matt had played a huge role in calling me out of darkness um, by sowing uh, just a lot of seed into my life. But I was one of those people where a cop showed at the door and I was like, oh, God, what do I do? What do I do? Um, what I was doing at the time um, when the cop knocked on the door was um, we, were, we had probably like a pound of marijuana in the house and we were just weighing it out. Um, so we could sell it at one point. And a cop knocks on the door, and everyone's like, oh, crap. There's bad fear draining into me because I know that there is a consequence for what I'm doing. There's consequences for what we're doing. Everyone who is doing something wrong, it's instilled in us that it is wrong, and we know that there's consequences, but people seem to think that they'll get away without consequence, but God is a just God. And God is a God of justice. Um, you will receive justice at some point in your life, whether it's in this life or the next, when God's wrath is no longer held out by his mercy and grace. Um, but um, those people will face God's wrath. Um, and God uses the authorities to um, enforce that wrath um, and correct them. Um, therefore, one must be in subjection. 
um, we must be in subjection to the government authorities. Um, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. Um, for because of this, you pay taxes. Um, I remember hearing a sermon one time, and someone was just like, um, something, you know, even this simple that we should um, be obeying is doing even our taxes right and not trying to work the system. Yeah. Um, I understand that it's something small, um, but it could be a big deal. And um, some kind of a principle that we'll be looking at tonight is if you are working your way around that system of like the government authorities and taxes and, um, and not really becoming, coming into full submission of those things, um, I guarantee that that will reflect on your life with God um, and how you submit to him. And so if you, if you see a brother or sister um, doing kind of something like that or, or, or not, and it kind of, it's almost like rebellion, honestly. Um, but let's, uh, let's keep an eye out on each other. If, um, if you see a brother or sister selling drugs on the corner, you stop and you say, hey, you need to stop. <laughs> but that's an extreme example. Um, but if you're doing taxes, if you're doing taxes and somebody... Um, you know, you're doing it, uh, whatever, you leave something out, whatever it is, um, you should correct them right. because we need to submit, pay the taxes to where taxes are due. Um, and then uh, revenue, to whom revenue is owed. Um, respect to whom respect is owed. Now, these ones are huge. Respect to whom respect is owed and honor to whom honor is owed. Um, just a few examples of people that we should respect and honor um should we in every circumstance respect and honor um the president for the united states yeah um why because god has him there because yeah. god's in control and he put him there um you know we're even called to pray for them um i had the pleasure of working with um uh in the fall coaching football with a police officer um and i got to ride with him to um, Bend when we were playing a football game there. And he was telling me just some crazy stories. And the the longer the trip went on, the more I got to see kind of his heart behind the stories. And um, partway through, you get to this point, we got to the point where he was like, we're talking about ministry, we're talking about um, his life as a police officer. And he's like, dude, when I come home, it's, um, it's not easy what I do bearing um, this weight of what I see on a day-to-day basis. Um, he was using you know, examples of like showing up to scenes where babies are dying or showing up to scenes where um, a lady overdosed and their kid's still alive. Um, stuff like that where he's chasing down um, you know, crackheads or whatever, but he's like, he understands that they're just lost and they're hurting, and, um, but he's doing his duty. Um, and I think someone like that, and I told him on many occasions um, that I appreciate all that he does. And um, I think that should be a common practice right. of everyone in this room to give respect to every police officer and honor to every police officer and firefighter and government authority and everything um, to where it is due. Right. And uh, that should be, you know, even to um, those who serve in the military. Um, to make sure and recognize them and give them honor for what they do for our country. It's, um, it's important. And um, 
I think that kind of thing is that that's who Christians are. We should be honoring and we should be giving respect to those types of people. Right. And um, that should be one of the many things that set us apart from the rest of the world. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. All right. Um, moving on. Um, oh, oh, uh, sorry to bounce back to this, but, but so we're to submit, submit to authority, but then there's the question of, um, when do we not submit to authority? You know, just the kind of rebuttal to this. Um, and there's the examples in Acts chapter four and five, um, when I was studying that they gave is just that, um, Peter and, um, I forgot we could flip there, but um, for sake of moving forward. Um, but in Acts 4 and 5, they're subdued by um, some leaders in um, the area. And they say, listen, you need to stop doing what you're doing. You need to stop teaching Jesus and even using his name. You're making everyone go crazy. You're disturbing the peace. This is bad news. You need to stop. And, um, and what he said was very important for us today and to understand this question of when do we not submit to the authorities and well the simple answer is um whether it is right to obey god or man you must decide but we will obey god over man mm-hmm. and um, it's as simple as that if um if someone tells you um in a month from now and america gets taken over by isis heaven forbid lord forbid and um but uh and they were to say listen we're in control now and um we're over you and maybe that's the new authority in the world in our nation and they say you need to denounce christ right now and you speak his name um you know but uh what's our answer are we to obey something like that um the simple answer is no no way no way in heck um god's given us a mission and we are going to fulfill this mission to the very end um, no matter what our government says about it. Um, there's churches in all the nations that are just like um, going underground and they have to do that, um, but they do it because God is over man. Simple as that. Um, we obey God. We don't obey man. Um, or we do obey man also, but God over man. Um, all right. So verse eight, um, we're going to go through eight through 10. Uh, let's read it real quick. Oh, nobody, anything except to love each other for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law for the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder and you shall not steal and you shall not covet. Um, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore love is fulfilling the law. Um, what Paul's doing here is he's just quoting something Jesus already said. Um, and just on a quick note, side note, real quick, is I think it's cool that in his letters, he's just repeating what Jesus is saying. Um, there's just something about that is um, what we'd say should be a repetition of what Jesus said or what someone said that Jesus said. Um, you guys feel me on that? Um, just on a side note. But anyways, if you want to turn with me, um, I'll turn there probably faster than you because I did my sword drills today. Um, but to Matthew chapter 22 um, and... Uh, is basically what Paul just said. Um, it'll be in verse uh, 34. Starting in 34. It says this, um, But when the Pharisees heard that he silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, 
asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love your, your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Love fulfills the law. If you love somebody, it will fulfill all the laws. If you love somebody, you're not going to commit adultery. You're not going to um, murder somebody. You're not going to lie. You're not going to covet. You're not going to do those things because you love this person. And then the next thing to kind of look at in uh, Romans 13, uh, just a verse a little bit lower. It says, love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Um, the next question is, um, all right, love is the totality of the law and everything. Um, I like how Paul, um, mostly Jesus, and Paul uh, repeats it, is that Jesus simplifies things. Um, it's a simple gospel, and it's a simple truth. Um, it's not, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Um, and now it's just simply do this. Just love. Just love. Just love me and love people. And then he says, love your neighbor. Um, love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is fulfilling of the law. And so, love does no wrong to a neighbor. And who is the neighbor? Um, I'm pretty sure everyone in this room knows the the discussion that Jesus had with the, the, the lawyer. I don't know what the deal is with these lawyers, man. But they're just hammering Jesus with questions. Um, but in... Um, Let's see. Luke 10. I didn't write it down, but it's Luke 10. Um, Luke 10. Just listen to this. Um, I don't think we could hear this enough or be reminded about this enough, guys. But, um, and behold, oh, and behold, a lawyer, what do you know, stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? Um, Jesus said that. And he answered, the lawyer answered, you shall love your God with, or you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said this to him and Jesus said this to him, you have answered correctly, do this and you will live. But he desiring to justify, justify himself, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, um, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who, strip, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Ouch. Um, now by chance, a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came uh, to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, uh, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii um, and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. So to love a neighbor, um, to love, Jesus exemplified love is to lay one's life down. There's no greater love than to lay your life down for a brother. Um, 
And who are we going to do that to? Who are we going to show that love to? Is to your neighbor. And Jesus put it plain and simple. There's no way around it. Everyone's your neighbor. Um, the person that you see that's in trouble, they're your neighbor. Um, your family, they're your neighbor. Your friends, they're your neighbor. Um, everyone's your neighbor. We need to love everybody. There's no, there's no you know, limits. There's none of that stuff. We're simply loving. And we need to do our duty in doing that. Um, but we'll get back to that love thing. Um, because it's hard to love your neighbor sometimes. It really is. Um, but there's a good reason why. Um, just a few verses down. Um, just Yeah, just a few verses down it says, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a reason why we need to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And when, sorry, we're in verse 14. Um, we're going to finish through um, 11 through 14 right here. And we're going to really get pumped for Jesus. And, um, but anyways, um, put on Jesus Christ in verse 14. When I read this, um, I was kind of doing, you know, the research, research, um, research, studying this. And, um, and to put on Jesus Christ. Um, he, he says it like putting on an article of clothing, clothe yourself with Jesus. And, um, the more I got to reading this and just letting it kind of sit in me is to put on Jesus. Um, that's nothing short of just being so intimate with Jesus and just being so in unison with Jesus. And like, so when people see you, they see Jesus. Um, when you make decisions or decisions that Jesus would make. Um, to put on Jesus, um, that's a lot to do, but it naturally happens the more time you spend with Jesus. The more you get to know about Jesus and the more, honestly, you talk about Jesus. Um, even, you know, you're wearing Hillside Christian Fellowship sweatshirts. Um, I'm wearing a hat. Um, Matt's wearing a hat. Um, Hillside Christian Fellowship represents Jesus and, um, the more we wear, even wear stuff around, um, we're gonna be more like Jesus because we know who we're, we're we know who we're representing. Um, we're representing Jesus, and to put on Jesus is to fall so in love with Jesus and who He is and who we can be. Um, because that's how you put on Jesus, and that's how we love people. Because we don't love people just in our own, in our own, you know, our own desire and everything. No, we love people because Jesus transforms our heart, and we let Him love people through us. We're no longer just thinking to ourselves. Uh, thinking for ourselves. I mean, um, I wrote the question down: How do we love our neighbor? Um, I wrote two things: to simply put on Christ and to die to yourself. Put on Christ and die to yourself. Um, just a few verses up, it says, um, Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's big. That is, that's heavy. Um, I'm going to read it one more time. And like, this is such a wake up call. Um, like the 11 through 14 is such a big wake up call to us guys. And I was stoked that, you know, I got the part where, you know, teaching on submitting to authorities, which is good, but it's not super like, uh, here we go. Like, let's go Jesus type of thing. Um, it's good stuff. And then the law, uh, simplifying the law to love. It's amazing. Um, and it's, it's, I'm so thankful for it because the law would be pretty hard. Um, but now we get to this part where he's just inspiring us. He's just 
it's almost like he's taking a moment just to inspire us and remind us why we just talked about the authorities. Like it seems like such a mundane thing, you know, something kind of small and not super, you know, like must do this. It's just like obey the authorities. It's as simple as that. And another simple thing is just love. And now it's like, all right, now it's time to remind why we're doing these things. And so I'm going to read it in um, such a way, and then we're going to hit on a few more things, and then we'll pray and finish up. But just zone in right now and really listen to this, guys. Um, I'm starting verse 11. And, um, man, this is awesome. And I, when I read this, sorry, I'm kind of rambling on right now. But when I read this, um, I imagine just like a motivational speech. And, um, and I'll read it in such a way, not to joke, but because this is how I like to hear it. Um, it says, besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we even first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies, not in drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. That's how I read it. And it gets me jacked because it's calling us out into the deep water to say, let's go. Wake up. Wake up. I guarantee that in many areas in our lives, you guys, that we're still sleeping, that we're still spiritually asleep in these things. I I wrote a list down. It said, wake up. Okay. Wake up. Everybody here, including me, you need to, we need to wake up, wake up and walk in the power that Christ has given us. Walk in the power, the same power of the Holy Spirit that Christ has given us in the early church. You know, the day of Pentecost and all those things is the same spirit that's in work today. So let's walk in it. The only thing that's holding us back is us because we're too shy, because we care about what people think we care about. We probably care about more than it not succeeding than if it were to succeed and praying for a miracle of healing. We need to wake up with that, man. Wake up and be holy as Christ was holy. Holiness is a real deal. God cares about holiness. If you think you can just get away with not being holy or partway holy, you know, one foot in, one foot out, half of you is stained, half of you is white, even though God is, you know, Jesus washed us clean as snow and everything, I get that, but we're still living not totally holy. Let's make it a priority to wake up and put all that aside, aside and start walking holy. The next one, wake up and show compassion on your neighbor, aka wake up and love everybody like Jesus loves them. Constantly, I walk by people that I see like just a downcast face. Even when we walk through Winco, um, you just, you know, you guys, we walk through life and we catch eyes with somebody or you, you guys look at somebody, we look at somebody and someone is just, something's off. We know straight up body language, all that stuff. We know. Um, then right when I see this, right when I see this at Winco, um, I, I, I realized that Jesus right then and there would stop and look at this person and say, are you okay? I'll, can, I tell you, can I tell you a few things? Can I speak into your life real quick? Um, can I encourage you? And, you know, I just, in my mind, I, Jesus would stop anything 
just to simply make sure someone knows that they're loved. Right. We need to wake up and we should be alert at all times, no matter where we are, to simply do something like that. Straight up. There's no excuse. I go through it day by day, neglecting doing that. And it's as simple as that. Wake up and surround yourself with community. Wake up and surround yourself with community. We need to wake up and we need to surround ourselves with Christian brothers and sisters that are going to build us up so that we're in a place to start building other people up. We need to wake up and dive in to what God is doing in our community. Wake up and know the signs of the times. JMO, um, your post on Facebook inspired me, encouraged me. PD even talked about it today um, in staff briefing. But the signs of the times, man, they're here. Um, you just look in the Bible and you see them and just talking more and more, you know. Um, oh, people have talked about them for years, you know, all this stuff. But it's never been like this before. Um, it's, it's like the times of Noah right now. Um, the earthquakes are quaking and the ground is shaking. Um, <laughs> that, that was awesome. But anyways, um, <laughs> the signs of the times. We need to wake up and know the signs of the times. And we need to tell everybody about these signs of the times. Seriously. Um, and, uh, and one more thing and then we'll close. Um, wake up. Wake up. Get informed. And make a stand for what is right. Yeah. Wake up, and, and it needs to be in this order too. It can't be wake up and make a stand for what is right. Um, you need to wake up, get informed, and then stand for what is right. Um, I know it's a touchy subject, but it's the word of God and it's truth. Um, but abortion, I just um, watched an awesome video about it. It was like 40 minutes long just yesterday. And um, it was just talking about embryology. I think that's the right word for what's really going on in a mother's womb or stomach and everything. And, um, and then what the other side, the people that are pro-choice are saying about these babies. And are they real humans? Are they, you know, all this stuff. Um, then he puts things in the right perspective. Um, and it informed me. And I was informed as I was watching that that I previously wasn't informed. And it inspired me to get informed. So next time that I'm faced with a situation to talk about something like this, no way would I condemn somebody, but I can speak truth because I know the truth. Um, and there's many other cases that we need to be um, informed about so we can speak about what's going on in the public schools. Um, we need to be informed about what kids are doing these days. You know, there's so much that we need to wake up and get out of our bubble and we need to get informed about what's really going on in this world so we can make a difference. That's right. Because we can make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus used 12 disciples to change the entire world, the, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, God used one nation to set the grounds for the entire world to come to Christ. Yeah, right. um, the examples are endless. We just need to wake up and walk in them. Um, and I do too. Um, so... I'll, Last two things. Um, to kind of put it all into a summary um, with these last verses, I just wrote, wake up, put on Christ, because the more you put on Christ, you know, spend time with Christ and, and get to know him and everything, the more easier it's going to be to do those things, to wake up and do them. Is It comes straight from Christ, from being plugged into the vine. Um, wake up, put on Christ, stay awake, and make no provision for the flesh, And then get out of your house and preach the good news. 
Because if we're not getting out of the house and preaching the good news, all this is in vain. The more like talks I get to, you know, talk about the word of God and, you know, I love it. And it's like the most fun ever. Um, But the more I get to do that and study God's word, the more I understand it. Um, But then the more that I see if I don't apply it and put it into action, it is worthless. It is worthless. You know, God wants to reach this entire community. He wants to reach everyone's families. He wants to save them. He wants to shed light on the darkness. Um, He has amazing plans for everybody in this room. Um, And we get a good foundation, a great foundation uh, from God's word, but... If we're not going to take action, then what are we doing? Mm-hmm. We're not we're not doing it right if we're not taking action. Um, I love Matt. I love Matt's seal for the early church. Um, I love you know the Book of Acts. It's amazing. Um, and then learning about the early church and like the six to like nine hundreds, and I see what's going on and political stuff and all this like kind of like stagnancy and that. Then you can kind of compare it to where we're at today. And um, and I'd like to say, and I'm sure I could say this, but that there's a huge difference. There's a big difference, but not big enough of a difference. You know, I want, I want us to be like the early church that ashamedly spoke Jesus, preached Jesus in the big town halls and the, to the other religions, you know, all this other stuff. Um, how much more could we do? What are we not doing? And let's do it. Let's obey God's word. Let's let it resonate in our hearts and set us on fire for his glory, not ours. Because he's got a plan for everybody here. We just need to step in it and live it out. And um, yeah, amen. Let's pray real quick. Um, Jesus, thank you for the gospel. Thank you for freedom. Thank you that you've set us free, so we're free indeed. That there's no fear, there's no worry, there's no stress, no anxiety, nothing, because we're in your hands. And uh, so all that stuff from the world and um, corruption, all that stuff has no place in our hearts um, because Christ, you've redeemed us. And uh, thank you for the work that you're doing in every single person here. And God, thank you for the motivation and pray that everybody here including myself just applies it this week and else everything's in vain um this whole night's in vain if we're not gonna be inspired to preach jesus to everybody um god let us respect and honor the authorities and um and do things the right way um simply and let us love our neighbor and thank you for the simplicity um just grace love and truth um, God, you're good, and uh, we love you, and we want to honor you, and uh, thank you for tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.